And it's great to be here with you this morning, great to be worshiping, and, uh, and we are here to celebrate Jesus Christ and all that He is, and all that God's people said, amen, man. We are here to make much of Him, and uh, we're walking through a series, it's called Summit Walk, and uh, we're talking about what it means step by step, moment by moment, to be able to take this journey with your God where you're learning from him, you're executing out on a day-by-day basis saying, I want my life to express my love for him, and I want to experience God with all I've got. You know, we've been walking through the book of James, and uh, actually just real quickly, uh, a moment of notice. I don't know if you guys noticed when you were coming in, but uh, we now have the signs up, the core value signs across the front of the uh, entrance here to the worship center. So if you did not notice... Um, Look up a little bit, and uh, it's right above your head there on your way out. You can see it there one way or another, and uh, awesome to have our core value signs up. Just a quick reminder, our value statement that we are here to make much of our God, and here's the six pieces we go after, right? Bold preaching, and we will walk through God's word and exactly what it says. That's what we will say. There's no shirking on it. We will take God's word and get real with it each and every week. And all of God's people said, right? And then we will also go about a passionate worship. Worship authentically. Worship authentically. To be able to make much of your God in your songs that you sing, in your life that you live, in your words that you say, in all of it, may God get all the glory. We pray dependently. We come to our God. We lean on Him. We hope in Him. Our lives are placed into His hands. God has it in hand. We pray dependently. We share courageously. We share courageously. We are willing to share the gospel. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, hear me, men. We will share courageously in a world that is beginning to say, don't talk about Jesus. We will talk about Jesus Christ and make much of him. We gather purposefully each and every week here to celebrate our God, to lift up his name, to fame and praise his name. That's what it's all about. May he get all the glory. It is not about us. Hey, everybody say, it's not about me. Dude, you can rally together in church and find friendship, and friendship is great, but I'm telling you, we gather with a purpose to make sure that Christ gets all the glory. We are fired up to make much of our God. And then lastly, we plant strategically plant strategically. We are longing to be able to plant churches much like this church that go after our God, contemporary, without compromise to God's word, making much of him. And uh, we've already been a part of planting uh, 11 churches uh, over our lifetime here, short lifetime. Uh, And uh, it's just been exciting to be a part of that. We're going to continue in that. So those are our core values, like the path, if you will, that leads us to experience our living God. And just so you know, those core values are now in signs just outside the door as a little bit of a reminder to us on a regular basis. uh, That said, we are looking to be able to make much of our God moment by moment. And we've been in the book of James. We're taking just a little bit of a break today. One week off, two weeks off actually, next week for the baptisms as well. And uh, just a little bit of a break. And turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Acts 10, verse 34. We're going to be talking today about what it is to recognize our need for a Savior. To recognize our need for a Savior and to go after that with all we've got. May Jesus Christ get all the glory. 
Acts chapter 10, verse 34. And uh, as we dive into this passage, we got to understand Peter's going to start speaking right away, but there's a little bit of backstory. There was actually um, the centurion, a Roman guard. He had a, a passion for God. He wasn't quite sure how it all worked out, but he was very real about his faith with God. He was crying out that God would reveal to him what he needed to know and how to be able to go after that. And as the centurion was very real about wanting that, God then stepped in with Peter and said, heads up, I'm going to need you to go talk to a centurion. I'm going to need you to talk to a Gentile. He did it through a dream. An angel brought a dream to him and he had this dream and the dream was all about going ahead and eating unclean foods. In the dream, he sees the invite to eat the unclean foods. Now, just so we understand, Jews were not to eat unclean food. They were not to do that. So in the dream, he sees this unclean food and the invite to eat it and he says, no, Lord, I'm not going to do it in true Peter style. He tells God no, even in his dream, right? He's like, no, seriously, I'm not going to do this. And that three times over, he's like, I can't do it. And then he's convinced, no, this is absolutely a calling to be able to be willing to see that some things are not unclean in Christ and all that's going on. And at the same time, God is telling the centurion, heads up, you're going to be needing a guy named Peter. And so God brings these two together. Peter gets the clarity of a message that is sent, somebody coming to grab him. Peter goes with to Caesarea, all the way over to the water. And he's going there to meet a Gentile. Now, just so we're clear, Jews were not supposed to eat unclean foods, and Jews were not supposed to hang out with anybody other than Jewish people. And uh, that was something from Old Testament, and it's now changing in Jesus Christ. And so Peter, as he is brought in to the centurion's home, is ready to be able to communicate with some of these Gentiles that he's been called to. And so point number one, grasp the truth about Jesus. Grasp the truth about Jesus. That's what's about to happen, all right? Grasp the truth about Jesus. Now, if you look at verse 33, just to get a running start, it says, Uh, the centurion talking here, he's like, so I sent for you, Peter, at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord to say to us, right? Can you imagine that moment? Somebody's like, hey, good to have you at the house. All right, we're all here, and we're ready to hear from you. Speak. Tell us whatever we need to know about Christ, what would you say? Whatever you need to tell me, I'm ready to hear it. Go. This is what Peter had to say. So Peter opened his mouth, verse 34, and he said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Anyone who is willing to come to Christ is acceptable to him. Anyone. Everybody say anyone. Don't miss this, man. Peter starts out and he's like, here's the message. I thought it was just to the Jews, but not anymore. I'm recognizing that anyone who is willing to come to Christ, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. It doesn't matter what sin you've been in. It's time to lay it down and give it to your God. Anyone who comes to Christ, saved. As we lean on him and believe in him. 
He's like, just so you know, any can be acceptable to God. And he says, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. I love that little moment. It's in parentheses in many of the translations, like, hey, let's grasp this. We're talking about Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The first thing that I can tell you about the greatness of Christ, he is over everyone and everything. He is Lord of all. He is Lord of me. Is he Lord of you? Are you willing to let Jesus Christ be your God? He's like, let's grasp this, Jesus Christ. He is God over all. It says, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea. He's like, let me remind you, I'm going to be telling you some things you should have already heard. But here we go. Let's walk through some statements about Jesus Christ, beginning from Galilee, from the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He's going to actually tell seven things about Jesus here. And here's the first one. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit, and he went around doing good and healing. Jesus Christ. Let's grasp this. God the Son partnered with God the Holy Spirit, and a massive work started taking place all over Judea and Israel. Massive healing going on. Jesus literally being able to speak. Can you imagine the conviction Peter was sharing with us? He was there for it. And he's like, I saw him speak, and lives were rocked. I saw him share the truth of the word, and people grasped it for the first time. His teaching was stunning. I saw him care for hurting people. I saw him reach out and touch a leper, and the leprosy disappeared. I saw blind men all of a sudden see. I saw people who couldn't walk jump up laughing and dance around. I saw it. I saw the healing miracles as Jesus spoke and lives were rocked. I saw him call out a man's name. And that man who had passed away days before rose from the dead and came out living, laughing, breathing, eating, and sharing with us. I saw his family in total celebration over the authority of Jesus Christ. He heals. He moves. He rocks the world. Peter's conviction over the amazing hope that we have in Jesus Christ, and number one is, know this, Jesus Christ does bring healing, and he brings hope. Man, and maybe you're here today and you're devastated, either with your own sin or someone else's sin, maybe just with the heartaches of life. Know this, man. Jesus loves you with all he's got. And he brings a healing and a hope to this broken world. He is our amazing God. May we lean on him. Point number two, the second one, not the second point of the outline, okay? Don't move that fast. Seven truths about Jesus, the second of the seven truths in point number one. Ready? I heard all the pages flipping and I'm like, everybody stop, <laughs> right? All right, here we go. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. 
The second truth about Jesus, dude, I'm not the only one who saw it. There were tons of people who saw this. I'm telling you it's true. It's not just some rumor. I was there. Others were there. Truth about Jesus Christ. He does heal. Truth about Jesus Christ. And there are many witnesses to it. You can count on Jesus. Know this. There are a ton of witnesses, Peter being one of them. It says, in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem, like up to the north of Israel and all the way down into the center of Israel to the city of Jerusalem. And the third truth about Jesus, he says, they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. Man, we need to grasp this truth about Jesus Christ. He is God Almighty. He came into this world. He speaks and things happen. He loves you and he pours it on. He brings healing and hope and more than that. And we are in desperate need of a savior. We are sinners. We are broken. We are hurting. We are in need. We sin. We do wrong things. We come short of the glory of God. Just think back to this past week. And some things you may have done that devastated someone or this past year or even your lifetime in the collection of our stuff, our sin is a mess. We need a savior. And literally, there is nothing we can do that is good enough to get right with Jesus Christ. But he offers merciful forgiveness on the cross. Praise God. And all of God's people said, and Jesus went to the cross. He died on the cross. He lived a perfect life. He is perfect. Everybody say he's perfect. And yet they treated him as if he was the worst of all sinners. And they crucified him on the cross. They hung him there. Just know this. Jesus at any moment could have stopped the entire process and said, this is a joke and it's over. He chose to allow himself to go to the cross for you and for me. He gives us hope as his blood poured out for us as he was crucified on the cross to offer a replacement payment for our sin. We have hope. And uh, the next one, not just they hung him on the cross, but number four, God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. God made him raised from the dead. Jesus Christ rose. He didn't just speak and have others come back from the dead. Jesus himself has power over death. He rose from the dead. Know this man. Jesus is alive. And all of God's people said, don't miss it. Jesus is alive. When Peter was asked to speak about the truth of Jesus Christ, He's like, I'm telling you, he was awesome. I'm telling you, stunning. I'm telling you, he moved. I'm telling you, there were witnesses. I'm telling you, he died for you. And I'm telling you, he is alive. He is risen from the dead, Jesus Christ. There is hope in him. The one who can conquer spiritual death and the one who can conquer physical death. And the fifth truth that he shared about him is not only did he rise from the dead, but it says he made him to appear not to uh, all the people, but to those who had been chosen by God as witnesses. And uh, he's like, just so we're clear, after he rose from the dead, that's not a rumor either. There were over 500 of us who saw him, who ate with him, 
who lived with him. In fact, he says, we saw him after he rose from the dead, some of those chosen by God, it says, as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Why is that a big deal? Because it is the physical, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hear me. He did conquer physical death. Jesus, he died for you on the cross because he loves you. And he rose from the dead, giving a conquering of death that we might be offered up eternal life if we trust in him. And he is our hope. And as Peter is asked to share out the truths about Jesus Christ, he's like, I'm telling you this. He is alive and we were witnesses. We ate with him. We spoke with him. We laughed with him. I watched the fish before him get eaten by him and disappear. He is alive. He is real, and he exists, Jesus Christ. May we grasp it with all we've got. It says, number six, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Let that settle for a moment. Peter's like, I'm fired up about Jesus who's so awesome. And then he gets to the sixth one, and know this. This isn't just some nice story. This isn't just some information. Jesus Christ is the creator God of the universe, and he will ultimately sit as judge over all of creation. We must give account for our sin. We must give account for who we are. And we give account to Jesus Christ, the one who is the judge of the living and the dead. And do you grasp that here today? That we give account to Jesus Christ, the one who is the judge of the living and the dead. He is ultimately who we will answer to. May God get all the glory. May we celebrate him as our savior. Our hope is not in our own goodness. It's not in us trying to be good enough. It's not in my works trying to balance out my bad. It is in me realizing none of it comes up to enough and I lay it down before my God and I cry out for forgiveness and Jesus' work on the cross becomes what replaces what I owe. My hope when I stand before the living judge is that I get to say these words. I believe in you and I have trusted in you. You alone are my savior. And that is my hope. Amen, man. That's it. That's the only hope we have is being able to declare to Christ, I have believed in you. It's not some mental ascent. It's, Lord, I'm letting you be in charge of my life. You are Lord of all. Please take over my world. And then the seventh piece. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Men, we must admit that we are a sinner. A, we must admit, I'm not perfect. I do come up short. I've come up short of the glory of God. We must admit that. We must believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Believe that he is risen. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that Jesus is risen from the dead? And then we must confess him as Lord. You're in charge of my life. Take over. And that's saved. I admit I am a sinner. I believe you are risen. And I confess, take over in my life. You be in charge. And it is so important that we grasp that in Jesus Christ alone, there can be forgiveness of sins. May we believe in him and put our hope in him. May God get all the glory. You might be here this morning and you're like, I do believe I'm in on this. This is awesome. Praise God. And that's awesome. You might be here this morning and you're like, I don't know where I stand with Christ. And here's my request. Take a moment right now and right here in this place to be willing to say, okay, Jesus, I'm willing to hear from you. I'm willing to have my heart opened up to who you are. It might look a little something like this, give an illustrate. So this past week, uh, I was actually on the phone and uh, my wife said, Tim, I need you to come upstairs. So I came running upstairs. Uh, Usually when I'm on the phone, she knows I'm on the phone talking to somebody. She can tell something's going on. And so for her to ask me to come up, something pretty serious is going on. So I come up and she's like, I can't get the garage door open at all. Like it won't open. And I'm like, okay, let, let me call you back. I hung up with who I was on the phone with. And uh, I went out there and I said, okay, press the button. She presses the button. It opens up like two inches, freezes. Like that's it. And it's stuck. And then she pushes the button again and it goes down. And it won't, I go out there, I'm like, well, maybe I'll help it. We'll see. She pushes the button and I'm trying to help. Like, it's going nowhere. I mean, and I'm strong, right? No, but, but I'm like, it's, it's going to go. Let's go. And I'm trying to pull it up. And I'm thinking, you know, the torsion bar probably broke. I'm going to try to help it, right? And it's not helping it. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just going to disconnect it. Our garage door is pretty lightweight, so it's pretty easy. So I disconnect it and I'm like, oh. And it is stuck, man. I cannot figure out what's going on. I can't move it. I'm like, we got to get somebody in here. Our cars are stuck in the garage, you know? So we go in, we make a few phone calls real quick. And uh, pretty much the sum of it is nobody's available on a Friday afternoon to come run out and try to fix the garage, right? And so I'm like, our cars are stuck. What are we going to do? I'm like, I'm going to go look one more time. This doesn't make sense. When I disconnect, it should just be able to roll up. So I go out there and I'm looking like, what is wrong with this torsion bar? I don't get it at all, how this could be holding it. And I'm like trying to do it. It's disconnected. I'm, and I walk over to the side and I notice the lock on the garage door has been bumped and slid over. And the garage door has been safely and securely locked from the inside. So praise God our lock works. And I'm like, I just barely touch it and it slides back out, unlocks. I go over and push the button and it rolls right up. Man, I'm telling you, we accidentally bumped that lock closed and it was held closed. And until we figured out, I've got to release this, there's no hope. Reality. Your heart might be locked closed right now. And it's time to say, Lord God, I'm ready to have my heart opened to you. Lord Jesus, I'm ready to hear what I need to hear about you. Do me a favor, just right where you are, just saying this. Lord, I'm ready to have my heart open, unlocked to you.
First point here is just about willingness. I am willing to have my heart unlocked to you. All right? Point number two. Real point number two. All right? Hear him. Truly hear him. Hear who Jesus Christ is and what he's saying to you. Hear him. Truly hear him. Here we go as we jump into verse 44. It says, while Peter was still saying these things, while he was still saying these things, you got to picture it. Peter's like, Christ is awesome. He heals. I've seen him heal. He does miracle work. I've seen him teach. I was there for it. We saw him. We heard him. I saw him die. I saw him die on the cross. I saw him risen from the dead. I ate with him. I laughed with him. I know this. Jesus Christ, he is judge of the living and the dead. Anyone, anyone who believes in the name of Jesus Christ can be saved. I mean, as he's saying those words, all of a sudden, right then, the words still coming out of his mouth, he was still saying these things. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word, and the believers from among the circumcision who had come with Peter were amazed. The Holy Spirit fell on them. Just so you know, this word fell, super important word. It literally is the same word that was used about the father of the prodigal son. The story of the son who took all of his inheritance and ran away to just live his life however he wanted. And he lived his life wantonly and he spent all he had and he was stuck in his selfishness and sin and he decided, I'm coming home to my dad. Maybe he'll at least allow me to work like a servant in the home. There was such offense to taking the inheritance and walking away like you're dead to me, dad. He's like, maybe he'll at least treat me like a servant when I come back. And so he went back to his father's house, humbly and broken and recognizing he could not get it done himself. And it says in the prodigal son's story that the father out in the fields working looked up and he saw his son returning he saw his son on the, uh, on the highlight skyline. And as he turns, it says he hiked up his robe, which was not cool back then, just so you know. He hiked up his robe and he started to run. He, they were like, the father did the most wrong things socially, hiking up the robe and running across the open field. He ran to the sun and he threw his arms around him and he pulled him in close. It says, and he fell on his son. This. He fell on his son. He pulled him in close. He wept out loud and celebrated. My son has come home. That's the Holy Spirit responding with these people as he fell on them, pulling them in close and celebrating that they are willing to hear and believe. Anyone who believes that Jesus is risen from the dead and confesses him as Lord Holy Spirit falls on and declares, come to me. You are welcomed in. And you are not pushed to the outside. God calling you in to the family. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. On how many? He does not selectively move in this room. 
He's moving on all who heard the word. It says, and the believers from among the circumcision who had come with Peter were amazed. Jaw dropped. These people that came with Peter were like, all right, we'll go talk to the Gentile guy. I have no idea why we're doing this. He shares the truth about Jesus Christ and he watches the Holy Spirit collapse down on them and pull them in. And all of a sudden they are in awe that these people are being saved. They're coming to Christ. Please hear me. The truth about Jesus Christ is not for a narrow, select, uh, ethnic group. It is to go across every nation. It is for anyone who will believe that Jesus is risen from the dead and willing to confess him as Lord. And Peter literally amazed along with them. It says, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. They were literally hearing these Gentile people say, God is awesome! Jesus Christ, he died for my sin. He is my hope and my hope alone. It isn't just me doing good works. It is you, God. It is all you. As they celebrated that God is Lord of all, that he is in charge that he is judge and ruler, that they could sit underneath him and at his feet and be saved. Praise God, man. And we must admit that we are sinners. And we must believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. And we must confess him as Lord. Romans 10 says, that's saved. That alone. I believe you are risen and I confess you are Lord. Take over in my life. Please take over. Man, I'm telling you, this truth can be grasped from the simplest of years, from the youngest to the oldest. You know, I was talking to my wife on the way in and she told me about a story, true story, just happened the last couple weeks of someone in our body, uh, probably in the fifth, sixth grade range, somewhere in there, and uh, shared Christ with a friend. Just admit that you're a sinner and believe that Jesus is risen. There's authority and power in his name and confess him as Lord. Let him be in charge of your life and you're saved. And his friend accepted Christ right there. Please hear me, man. Our God moves in the smallest of ways to the biggest of ways. Do you know that? God, let's just take a moment right here and right now to give you a chance to be able to come to know him as Savior. Maybe you don't, then today is the day. Everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes, okay? This is an opportunity for you to come to trust Christ as Savior. To be able to say, Lord, I long to believe and I long to say you're in charge. Please save me. And just right where you are, letting your God know, I want that lock slid open on my heart. I'm in. I'm in. And if you're a believer in this room, just be praying right now that God is moving. If somebody's here this morning and you want to trust Christ, you're like, I don't even know what to say. 
Just repeat these words after me right where you are. There's no magic to any words, but these are some words you could say just to echo this. If you want to be saved, just saying, Dear Heavenly Father, I admit. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I admit that I've done so many things wrong. And I know I'm going to stand before you as judge, I admit. I believe that you are risen from the dead. I believe that, Jesus, you are risen. And I confess, you are Lord, take over in my life, you're in charge. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Man, it's that simple. Just handing your life to him. Maybe you're here this morning. You decided time change Sunday. I'm, I'm committing to Christ. Something, I'm going to church. I want to figure this out. And if you trusted Christ as Savior here this morning, I would love to be able to pray for you. I would love to be able to lift you up in prayer to our God in celebration. Could you just let me know if you trusted Christ as Savior here, just go ahead and raise your hand and let me know. Amen. I see that hand. Amen. I see that. Amen. I see that hand. Amen. Gotcha. I see that hand. Anybody else that you came to trust Christ right here and right now, you're in. Man, God is moving in this room. He will bring anyone in who is willing to believe he is risen and confess him as Lord. Are you in? And I'd love to pray for you. Anybody else where I could pray for you, just go ahead and raise your hand. I don't want to miss you. Amen. I see that on. Anyone else? Praise God, man. For so many in this room who have just moved to confess and say, Lord, you're in charge. Praise God. Let me just pray here. Lord, we thank you. We are in awe of you and we are humbled by you that you give us the chance to be saved, to be forgiven. Lord, we thank you that in this room, we have so many that have raised their hand that have said, I'm in. Lord, I just lift each one of them up. May you give them an amazing experience of the closeness of you with them. Whatever their journey is, whatever their heartache, Lord, may you show them your greatness and your awesomeness. May you get all the glory. It is in the saving name of Jesus I pray these things. And all of God's people said, Amen, man. Amen. Amen. Scripture says that when someone comes to trust Christ as Savior, the angels lift it up in celebration. 
man, times five, six, seven times over in this room, celebrating as the angelic forces praise God for all that he is and all that he does in our lives. And all of God's people said, amen, man. We trust Jesus Christ. He is our king. He is our hope. So what do we do if we're trusting in Christ? What's a great next step? Point number three. Take a public stand with him in baptism. Take a public stand with him in baptism. This is for any of us who have trusted Christ as Savior. For all of us who are leaning on him, may we stand with him in our journey. It says here, Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people? I just want to be super clear. This is Peter turning to those who are with him, the Jews. And he's like, you saw what I saw, right? Like, I know we came here thinking the Gentiles can't be saved. But they were just saved, man. So, given that the Holy Spirit has now fallen on them, given that there has been a declaration of the love of God towards them, given that they are worshiping God and praising Him, given that they embrace that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and He is his, their God, man, now, given that they're saved. Anybody got a problem with baptism? Right? And, and the Jewish people with them are like, no, I guess we're good, right? I mean, the reality is this is a major paradigm shift. And they all together decided this is absolutely appropriate. May these who had a chance to come to Christ be able to celebrate their God publicly. And uh, Baptism, it, it's simply this. It's not... It's the opportunity to not just make a private decision, but it's the opportunity to be able to say, I'm standing with Jesus Christ. And baptism, we see it in Scripture. If First, we believe in Jesus, that he is risen from the dead, and we confess him as Lord. First, we're saved. And then we take a public stand with him, and we let people know we're standing with him. He is my God, and I'm in. It is our stand with our Savior to celebrate who he is. And it's a sweet opportunity for us to be able to go forward and do that as we take this public stand. It says, um, how can we withhold water from baptizing these who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded those to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said, get baptized. Take the public stand that Jesus Christ might get the glory. Please note, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not in the name of whatever church you were at when it happened. Not in the name of whatever the pastor's name was who happened to baptize you. Everybody say, not that. No, this is baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. Being able to make much of him. To thank him. To celebrate him. To praise him. And there's many in this room where you have trusted Christ as your Savior over the past day, week, month, years in your life. But you haven't yet been able to take that stand for Jesus Christ. Man, next week is that opportunity. We are having a baptism service and we would love to be able to celebrate with you that you trust in Jesus Christ. So if you have trusted Christ as Savior and you have not since been baptized, man, next week is for you. What a sweet privilege and opportunity to come join us. Not whether you've been saved 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, or today. Come join us. Some of you are like, 100? For real? We'll figure it out, right? 
And uh, let's do this. May God get all the glory as we go after baptism. And uh, it says he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It is all about Jesus and his fame and his name. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Would you please hang with us and walk us through what it looks like to follow Christ? That's what they were asking. Praise God for that. Man, we gather together regularly to celebrate Christ and to learn what it is to walk with him. And we go after this baptism to be able to celebrate and make much of who he is. Some thoughts about baptism. We're talking about what it is to go after saying, I'm with Christ. Think about what Christ has done for you. Look at this passage and the hope that we have in him. Think about who he is and what he's done for you. Have you now taken a stand with him and said, that's my God? So here's a few questions we always tend to get about baptism. Uh, One, hey, I trusted Christ, and then I was baptized, but it was at another church. Do I need to get baptized here? Answer, no. You've trusted Christ, and you got baptized. You get baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, right? So we always say it this way. We're not a cult, right? You're not getting baptized into the name of this church. You're getting baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So if you've already done that, great, then you're good. If I got baptized in another church after I had already believed, awesome. You don't need to get baptized again. Hey, I was sprinkled, not immersed. Like there was water poured over me. I know you guys do that thing where you go down in the water, right? Like down into death and up into new life, this immersion thing. They didn't do that where I was. It was sprinkling. Do I need to get baptized? And I would just say this. We, we will say it's not about how wet you get, right? But, but we do it for a reason. We do that so that you see the going down into death and up into new life. It's a great model, and we believe it's probably best modeled by the Scripture. But if you believe that it was absolutely captured in the sprinkling you did, that you are following Christ and it's all about Him, then there's no need to get baptized again. In fact, we've had some people who can't be baptized, like they can't be immersed underwater because of ear things or whatever else. And so we've done sprinklings. Like, no, you don't need to if it was a sprinkling. Now, if you feel it didn't capture it right or it was all about becoming a member of the church, then come join us next week and let's be baptized, right? I was baptized as an infant. Well, we would definitely say first belief, then baptism. And so if you were baptized as an infant, but then later came to believe in Christ, we would definitely say, then yeah, now is the time to come be baptized next week, all right? And I know those can be hard moments with family, but yeah, definitely come join us next week and let's get baptized. If you have trusted Christ and not since been baptized, then next week is for you, all right? And uh, we are doing baptisms at all three services next week and uh, we would love to have you join us, all right? So we're gonna have the ushers passing out a card right after this in just a moment. It's gonna look something like this, but you might be like, I have no idea what baptism really looks like. Check this out. Don't miss the miracle in this. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Jesus, believe he is God. He is Lord Almighty and hand him your life. That's saved. I grew up in a good Christian home. My parents took me to church, but I walked away from him. I'd never tried to have a relationship with all that I'd known about him and learned about him. Um, I'd never reached out. 
I had the A and the B. I admitted that I'm a sinner and I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. I hadn't really confessed him as Lord and Savior. I wasn't living with him in charge. And I was in about eighth grade um, when there was a realization that I needed to know him, not just with my head, but know him with my heart. Because I've done so much bad things and I just never thought I could ever be saved. But about five years ago, I was going through some hard times and trying to muscle through them on my own. I always tried to power stuff myself. Um, get through any challenges on my own and it just wasn't working. Just exposed sins that, had, that, had, that I'd hidden. Uh, at that point I repented of my um, defiant self-reliance protection of myself. At the age of 20 I started seeking God for the first time. Uh, when I was about 16 I, I put my faith and trust and just proclaimed Him as my Savior for real. So about a year ago I just broke down and confessed him as my savior. He come and got me out of the darkness in my heart and all I gotta say is he's a light. Probably about a year ago when um, Jesus really tore at my heart. And I stood right back there and during worship uh, I completely broke down. God just wrecked my heart in the most beautiful way. Um, realized that, you know, I hadn't trusted him with all aspects of my life and I needed to do that. And I just laid it all down at his feet, I said, Lord, please take it. I accept you fully in my life. Before I was saved, it was all about me. It was a lot of negativity. I um, have been forgiven. Um, he forgives me for all my sins. He will continue to forgive me. He has been faithful to transform me one degree of glory at a time through every season. And instead of being on the pursuit of perfection, I needed to be on the pursuit to be more Christ-like. I now examine my life in light of God's word instead of worldly standards, which gives me a new freedom. He's called me back. That I'm loved and I am never alone. Awesome. I have a clean heart and I'm drug free. Yeah, I want to be baptized because Jesus said to be baptized. I want to make it obvious that I am living for Jesus Christ. So I want everybody to know that I love Jesus. Show people that I love Jesus. And let everyone know that I love Jesus. Show my friends and family that I love Jesus Christ. Show everybody that I love the Lord and I'm leaning into Him with all I have. I'm show my friends and family that I love Jesus Christ. Because I want to show everybody that I love Jesus Christ. I want to show my friends and family that I love Jesus to show my trust and love for Jesus. Because I love Jesus with everything I have and I, I want to scream that from mountaintops.
Amen, amen. Just a sweet opportunity to give testimony. Let's have the ushers come forward. We're going to pass these cards out. Every single person take a card, all right? Who takes a card? Every single person take a card. And then here's my request. If you want to get baptized next week, please fill out this card right here and right now. We're going to give you a few minutes right where you're at, all right? So every single person take a card. And then if you want to get baptized next week, fill this card out. And then everybody turn your cards in at the end to the ushers, all right? Everybody blank or filled out, turn it back in, all right? So everybody take a card. And if you want to be baptized next week, please fill this card out right where you are right now. We're just going to give a couple of minutes right here for you to be able to get that card and be able to fill it out, okay? Let's just take a few moments in reflection. If you're not getting baptized next week, just be praying right now. Be praying for those in the room who are having a big decision to make that they might be able with their God to be able to set up a moment of celebration, all right? And if you have believed in Jesus Christ, if you have believed in Jesus Christ, but not since been baptized, man, next week is for you. Let's do it. Just take a moment to fill this card out. We would love to have you join us next week. Go ahead and fill the card out for that. 